Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yep. It's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. Look at us. It's uh, the three guys that do the core show. It's me, Scott Johnson, Bo Schwartz, and John Jagger here to talk about video games, both breaking news in that space as well as what we're playing and why we're playing it and everything in between. Thank you for joining us, everybody. We appreciate it. Uh, we're going to dive in here pretty quick. There's not, um, you know, this isn't like giant news week for video games or anything, but um, I did want to jump ahead and read our normal email now that we would normally read at the end of the show because I want to get this out of the way real quick here. Uh, talk to the core at gmail.com is where we get these emails. And this came from Colin, who says, You guys see all these Game Pass drops today? Holy crap, says Colin. Uh, so I thought I'd take a look and see what's going on. And in particular, uh, I don't know why he's so excited, but Octopath Traveler came out today, which originally I think mm. debuted on the Switch, is a Square Enix joint traditional. Um, Japanese JRPG, but with a very cool side scrolly looking art style. Uh, and I think I will finally play it there, but I don't actually know what else he's talking about, except there's a bunch of stuff on Game Pass today, and uh, we're supposed to be checking it out. So, John, are you going to rush yeah, out to your. Go ahead. It depends when you looked. I mean, all the Bethesda stuff got added, what, two weeks ago? All the EA stuff got added a week ago. So, I mean, if you haven't checked in, Maybe you're looking at it and you're going, "Oh my gosh, look at all the, look at all the top tier games that are on here now." Well, and this one just happened. Um, let's see this email. I mean, I just got it today, so I assume he knows about all that other stuff. Let me see here. Game Pass games right now. Yakuza oh, Six is up there. This is alphabetical. Uh, the Lame. Six Yakuza. Oh, here we go. Added. 
Okay, today, here you go. Octopath Traveler, Yakuza 6, The Song of Life, like you just said. That's on there. Star Wars Squadrons added... Oh, that was back in March. So just two games today? Huh, weird. All right. Well, okay, I just I guess I'm not as excited as I thought I was supposed to be because this dude seemed pretty stoked. Colin seemed to think that Game Pass had suddenly... It's, it's uh, train had come in finally, and uh, we were missing out. But apparently, all I care about is a single game in that list, and I'll check it out and see what I think. I did play Empire of the Sun a little bit, or Empire of Sin, rather. Empire of the Sun is a movie. Forget what I said. Empire of uh-huh. Sin, which is the John Romero games game where they made like a turn-based uh, uh, squad-looking um, XCOM-like, but set in 1920s, like mobster uh, Al Capone kind of stuff. And that it's, sounds cool. It's okay. It's okay. Ah, uh, okay. It's okay. Here's what you'd like. You'd like all the t- turn-based stuff and the abilities and the weapons and the overwatching and the stuff. All that stuff's in there. Okay, so that's cool. And doing that in like bars and warehouses and and this old setting in the 1920s, all very cool. It's the in-between stuff I think maybe I have a problem with. It's basically a giant spreadsheet of, okay, we knocked over that bar. Now we own it. So the speakeasy is yours, and now I have to kind of keep track of it financially. And there's almost like literally a spreadsheet going on of all your things you own and who's running them and how much profit you're bringing in or if you're losing money. Like it really wants you to get in there and, you know, full-on spreadsheet this thing. And I don't think I want to do that. No, that doesn't sound great. And I think that's that's the part of these games that always feels like needs the most work. That's why I'm surprised that you see so many of these turn-based games, you know, XCOM-like games, focusing on, well, here's our twist on the combat system and all of that. It's like, you know what, XCOM pretty much nailed it. Not to say that there haven't been advances. There have, but XCOM did a really good job, but I still don't love the base-building element of it, and I feel like most of the other games like it have had a hard time with that section of the game as well. I think that's the area you focus on is making that aspect of the game a little more entertaining and intriguing. Yeah. And that is, I guess, kind of what that is for this game because you don't really have a base. Your base of operations is your growing empire and therefore how you get money and recruits is you knocking over a warehouse that smuggles liquor in during Prohibition. And now you own that, but you've also got rival gangs trying to take it back. So you're supposed to use all those resources to build up your stuff and and have your better, quote unquote, technology increases and your tech trees, even though it's kind of a weird thing to say about the 20s. Um, But it's got this really cool look to it and vibe and voices and all this stuff just left me a little dry on the whole like, uh, I don't know, just the management of it just seemed like a pain. I think it's why I like that the Gears Tactics game so much because they just go, hey, what if we just really focus hard on the tactics and the battlefield and you'll still get upgrades and you'll still get cool things, but it'll be more like between mission loot and stuff like that. You won't have to go grind this out or talk to some dude in the basement of somewhere or expand a building so that your power supply is right next to the room you just built and then wait for that room to be built. Like all those XCOM ideas, they just forego all that and just said, but if it was just a really good tactics game, And I kind of wish that's what they did here. Like, I'm not even saying I want XCOM to do that. But I think that this game would have benefited from a more simplified take on the genre and just made the tactics fun and the story fun. And instead, it 
the tactics are pretty good and the story's pretty good. And then the spreadsheet is bonzo boring. So sign me off on that or up or no away. Unsign me, unsub me, unsub is what I want to do from that game. Anyway, uh, that's neither here nor there. Instead, we're going to talk about these things. The BAFTA Game Awards 2021 happened. And the big winners were kind of the big winners everywhere, which was Hades and Last of Us Part Two. Um, boy, Hades, just a parade of winning everything in any category it's nominated uh, for. And uh, Last of Us, no slouch either when it comes to any of that. Any surprises there, John? Did you, did you expect uh, your Last of Us business to do well in that market? I think it deserved to. I mean, it's... It's definitely not going to be everybody's cup of tea. It's a divisive game. Um, I think it's a divisive game, even if it's the kind of game you like. It's a difficult year to want to tell a story about a viral outbreak and one that's going to be depressing and sad and emotionally daunting. Uh, I think the big surprise of winners that I saw was uh, Sea of Thieves won for Best Evolving Game, which is, you know, the idea of games that have, you know, gone past their initial launch they're continuing to expand the nominees were destiny 2 dreams fall guys Fortnite, no man's sky and sea of thieves and i would have thought no man's sky was a shoe-in for this uh i didn't know sea of thieves was really pulling it together quite that well i think that's i think that's cool maybe people are loving that game yeah i need to check it out because everything i've heard lately is great things the only thing i don't like about sea of thieves is um it's not great solo. Now, I understand the game is meant to be a multiplayer affair, and that's the whole point of it. But I like when those games service single-player content as well because my schedule sucks and I can't always coordinate with people. And I just want to sit down and play a video game. And I wish that game would let me do that uh, more or better than it does. You can, but it's not It's not a great single-player experience. Or maybe it is now, and I haven't looked in in a long time, so... Perhaps I'll I'll check in. Here are your full list of uh, winners. Best game. Hades. Jeez. Best game. Look at that. Best game. That's crazy. Turns out we all Although like Hades. It's, it's weird because they have a best game and then a EE. I don't know what the EE stands for. Uh, game of the year. Oh, EE. Uh, entertaining. EE. Uh, <clears throat> Last of us. Voted for by the public. Oh, it's a public game. Ah, it, okay. It's a public vote. So Last of Us Part 2 on it. Right. That makes but sense. I guess the committee would have chosen Hades. Sure. Yeah. Uh, British game. They gave it to Sackboy, a big adventure. I haven't played that or I even heard much how that game went. I hope it went well. I like Sackboy. Uh, animation went to Last of Us Part Two. Artistic achievement to Hades. Audio achievement to Ghost of Tsushima. Debut game to Carrion. That's that cool uh, alien game where you're just kind of a blob growing through the station, killing everybody. That's a rad game. Uh, evolving game, Sea of Thieves, like you said, family game, Sackboy, um, <clears throat> game beyond entertainment. They gave to Animal Crossing New Horizons. I think it hundred percent deserves that. Yeah, I mean that was like a cultural, like, I mean, right time, right thing. But it was a massive, important part of last year. Um, let's see, game design, Hades, multiplayer game, Animal Crossing New Horizons. I'm not sure I'd give it that, but uh, yeah, well, what's up with that, like? I mean, play multiplayer games like it is multiplayer <laughs> and it does serve, you know, I've been to John's Island. I gave him a tip. I <laughs> went and took yeah, some of his fruit. Like, like, but, but like the the anyways, I hate award shows. The criteria should not be. It doesn't have multiplayer. It does like Deep Rock Galactic's on this list. 
and that should have like won. You're that. telling me Animal Crossing is a better, like a more deserving, fantastic multiplayer experience than Deep Rock Galactic. I mean, Fall Guys. Like it's yeah. all. It's obviously all you know subjective, but I'm with you Valorant. on that. I'm with you yeah, on that like, because one of my biggest or my biggest complaint about uh, this particular Animal Crossing is how a lot of that stuff works. Like it is a little disjointed and janky. People come to your island and leave your island and make you load out of it, even though you're not the one leaving or coming. Like it's kind of busted multiplayer wise. It's just you made it, you made do because you wanted to gamble and talk to the freaking raccoon kids and get the get the best deal on the stuff and all that. Like there were there were things to, that you were willing to deal with just to play, but they were you know some bad some bad structural stuff in that game for multiplayer you're thinking so. there's innovative stuff here but this isn't blowing my socks off like you know like it's right. like the best we had to offer on the multiplayer front and yeah. this is your ambassador yeah you know like, yeah, it's the only like game you ever saw like a sentimental choice like right. yeah it feels like that same reason it won game beyond entertainment bled into the multiplayer of this idea of in a time where everybody's in their own house this got us socializing and interacting together but you know i'm kind of with you i think if you're gonna say best multiplayer i want something a little more traditional than just it was a game where other people were involved in it (laughs) right right and it was kind of painful when they were (laughs) and you couldn't shovel (laughs) your own you couldn't shovel your own dirt when people are on your town in your town like you couldn't do your own put up with it because you got rich from it you're like oh i went over here and made a trillion bells i feel good about that that makes up for this horrible multiplayer experience i had yeah that's a little weird but i also understand the lasting impact of that game given when it came out and i guess they gave it two awards for that in the end um let's see music marvel spider-man miles morales i would like to hear that soundtrack since i haven't played the game I, i do like game soundtrack so i'm interested uh, narrative. They gave it to Hades. Original property. Kentucky Route Zero TV edition. Keep meaning to play that. Um, performer in a leading role. They gave it to Laura Bailey as Abby in The Last of Us Part Two. A controversial character, John. If I'm not incorrect. True. Right. Um, I sorta. Okay. I'm convinced most people that are up on the controversy of Last of Us Part Two haven't played it. Ah, uh, yeah. That's most things, though, right? Yeah. I think I think people read story beats on a news post and got mad. I think people who played it understand what it was. Sure. Whether they liked the game or not, I think most people who played it went, oh, I I get it. Yeah. Well, she is very good and it's very cool that she won. Uh, Performer in a leading support or in supporting role went to Logan Cunningham as Hades, Achilles, Poseidon, Asterisk, uh, Charon, Charon, Charon. As I said, I guess. And uh, the storyteller in Hades, <clears throat> he's very good and obviously incredibly talented. And he did a great job. We, we've talked about that. Like that, really, that really understated performance of all of the voice stuff in Hades is so weird. Like it's so. It's very know. ASMR. Yeah. With, without being. ASMR, I guess. Yeah, I mean, like, they're not tapping the microphone, but they're all right up in it. I mean, he's just like, oh, hello, Aphrodite. Didn't see you down here. And she's like, oh, that's okay. You want to freaking rub my booby? 
no, I'm good. And then you're on, you know? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's a lot of lines of dialogue in Hades. I didn't get that one, but, you know, there's a lot of them. So. <laughs> oh, I assumed everybody got that one. Wow, weird. Maybe if I do another run, I'll get that one. That's intriguing. Okay. Uh, but, I mean, it's also crazy. He did all those voices, and he also did the music. Yeah. Like, that's the other thing, is this is the guy who does the music for Hades as well. Uh, oh, wait, no. Is Logan. Oh, I take the it back. Guy? No, no, no. You're thinking. No. Of, okay. So this guy's the guy that did pre- all the, their previous games voice work, but there are characters done by the music guy. And the music right. guy is fascinatingly talented, that guy. Yes. Because like, he really also did a good job. Yeah. He, he, he did a fantastic job on all the characters he played. He was uh, your main character. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zagreus, and he was also Skelly because I remember watching in the behind the scenes him talking to himself. Yeah, hey Boyle, uh, <laughs> yeah, hey Boyle. That was, by the uh, way, a great recommendation. I I binged that whole uh, no clip documentary series on it, and it was fantastic. I loved it. It was very very good. I recommend that very highly. I already like no clip anyway, and those guys are doing great work. But that series is is just a really great example of um start to finish kind of game under the hood stuff that you just don't get to see anywhere else. It's very good. Super, super yeah. good. Uh, good recommendation there. Let's see. Uh, we got uh, oh, a narrative. We said Hades original property. Oh, we did that. All right, what am I missing here? Oh, here we go. EE game of the year was voted by the public. I don't know what EE stands for, but still voted by the public. The last of us part two. So pretty good, uh, pretty good list. I feel like there would have been more. I don't know. I expected more diversity in the winnings, but uh, the BAFTAs are, baffling they're baffling so that's just the way baffling <laughs> well done that's pretty dumb uh all right niantic is teasing that these are the pokemon go people if you're not familiar who niantic is um they are once again partnering with nintendo for a pikmin ar game it is it seems or it appears now when i saw this it was more of a teaser and not a confirmation but i guess it's been confirmed at this point yeah, they're they're full on talking about it now and saying that yes, they're going to be working on a Pikmin AR game. Uh, you know, it's interesting to me. Normally, I write these off, and you get Grumpy John saying <laughs> I hate phone games and all of that. Yeah. But uh, I've been very heavily into Pokemon Go. It could have been on the what I played for probably the past several months now. Um, it's gotten me out walking. It's gotten me to a much better place as far as my personal health is concerned. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to discount that game when it's done so much good for me. It's also drained my bank account a little bit, but mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's like a, it's like a gym membership in a lot of ways for me. So it's, it's been very good. And sure enough, one of the things they said, um, was the app will include gameplay activities to encourage walking and to make walking more delightful. So it seems to be that that is still a primary focus for them, getting people out, getting people walking. And I think that's good. I think that's a good thing. Although I'm not the biggest Pikmin fan, so I will probably be sticking to Pokemon Go. I I liked Pikmin when it wasn't timed, um, which I think maybe was Pikmin 2 or maybe 3. But Pikmin 1 I hated because everything was timed. And if you weren't, and by timed, I mean the entire experience had a time limit. So by the time you were done, you either did all you could do within the allotted time or you didn't. It's like if, if somebody came to you and said, uh, hey, you were born in 1975. We know you're going to die in 2035. So 
hope you get everything done you meant to. Like that's a little bit how it felt. I don't like being told <laughs> uh-huh. when the end game. I don't want to be told when the end, the finish line is. I hate that. Like very yeah. dramatic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it was. It gave me that feeling of like I'm never doing enough. It's never enough. I, how am I? Oh my gosh, I've, I have to sleep. I have to. You know, yeah. like think of how you would feel if you knew that. Um, I'm sure there's some positives I'm not thinking of, but to me it would drive me crazy to know that. Um, so yeah, Pikmin is a mixed bag for me, but I like them as characters. They're fun little Nintendo-y looking goofballs. So I'm into that. Anyway, we'll see how that goes. Coming, we don't know when. They're working on it. That's all we know. Yeah. Uh, Microsoft is apparently, or was, and maybe still is. I have an actual theory on this, so I'm not... I'm not super keen on saying it's happening because I'm pretty sure it's not happening and I'll tell you why. But Microsoft looked like the lead contender for the company that might buy Discord and that Discord had been shopping things around, not just for investment, but possible acquisition. And there were a bunch of people on that list. And it turned out Microsoft was in the end, maybe the biggest one, or they were for sure talking to Microsoft. They confirmed that. Um, The problem is, People assume when they hear that, that means that the deal is happening and that the negotiations are about acquisition. And that's not necessarily true. When you're, when you're moving around in the world of big investment, you do a lot of due diligence. Um, and some of, sometimes that's talking to parties who are maybe just interested in talking to you or may want to invest and not acquire or may want to acquire and not invest. And that would include companies like Microsoft and probably places like Tencent and others. Um, so my current theory on this, and it was based on a conversation I had with Tom Merritt, who knows a lot more about that end of that tech business than I do. Um, but I came away thinking that it, this is not actually going to happen. I think what's going to happen is they will end up choosing to do an IPO. They will go public, public themselves in various markets around the world and continue on building and growing and being a bigger and more monstrous discord as time goes on and not actually sell to somebody like Microsoft. And the reason my theory is uh, pretty pretty well set right now is not because Microsoft doesn't have the money. They definitely do. There are other entities that have the money. Here's why I think it won't really matter. Microsoft gains very little by owning it. They already benefit by being a company that's massively involved in video games. Discord primarily being a communication tool in the video game space. They already benefit from Tons of groups that talk about Microsoft stuff are in Microsoft's wheelhouse, whatever. Just like there are many, many Discord channels dedicated to Sony and PC gaming and niche gaming and Warcraft servers and everything else. Like there's all of that stuff already. You're already benefiting from the community tool that it is. You don't benefit much more by owning it because why would you? You just don't. So this would be a bit of a throwaway money wise for them because they just don't, they honestly, they just don't need it because it's already happening for them with it. It's not like they're blocked from it now or not benefiting right. from it now. And those, some have said, well, this is just like teams, right? Why are they making teams if they want to buy discord? Eh, teams is aimed at business in the way that Slack is and other services. I don't think that that plays into this very much. People have tried to compare this to their Skype acquisition and how they kind of fumbled that uh, quite a bit over time. Although I think they only played a billion for that, which was like freaking nothing in today's terms. Um, so at the end of the day, I just don't think they're going to do it. I think that Discord's going to probably make the decision. Uh, and they've said as much. They've said, look, we're thinking about IPO. We're thinking about 
additional investment we're thinking about acquisitions we're thinking about all this stuff never once have they said we're selling and it's microsoft i just don't think it's going to happen so we'll see also microsoft just plunked down 7.5 billion on on uh bethesda yeah i would be more inclined to think that if they were going to spend another 10 billion in the game space it will be acquiring more developers and or making new deals like the current rumor floating around that um Ubisoft's entire library might soon become like EA Play and be a part of Game Pass. No extra charges. That's massive if that happens. EA Play was already big. That is massive. If the two yeah. <laughs> the two big EA Play and Ubisoft services are under the same roof and are offering their stuff through a Game Pass sub is just insanity, especially if the price doesn't go up as a result. Um, so anyway, all of that being said, any any thoughts? feelings am i right am i wrong i feel like no i think you're right i think it would be interesting to see if microsoft's desire is a way to bring discord uh more integrated into their various platforms i mean you've got a tool that pc players kind of default think about when they think about game communication and communities and stuff like that and they're trying to build this infrastructure uh, that's a bit more open between PC Game Pass and their Xbox Game Pass. And right now, there's not easy communication between the two. I can see them maybe saying like, hey, what if we partner with Discord in such a way that it allows us to have PC people play with Xbox people? The communication can be facilitated through Discord even right. um, as a as a good way to have communication cross-platform and things like that i think that's probably more where their interest is rather than just hey we have another video game thing Mm -hmm. uh that we bought because i'm i'm with you i think their interest is probably more in studios than than owning a you know community slash communications uh service yeah because if anything they've already got that in the space they want that in in business with teams and teams is massive right now it just keeps growing um and it's pissing off, you know, it's making Slack mad. And so Slack's doing a bunch of stuff lately to try to sort of keep up. And I don't know, it's such a weird, it's such a weird niche right now, that whole space of like, hey, we're all connected and talking. And it's basically replaced forums. And whoever owns those platforms are, are you know, th- that's a massive thing. So you're also, you get a ton of users this way. But is it the kind of users Microsoft could leverage for anything? I don't think so. Like, Bethesda players, that's something you can leverage because it moves it over to your services, over to your video game consoles. And then you can choose what games, if any, end up on other consoles and where they end up on PC. And like they just have a lot of options. But even if Discord is viewed as games plus something else in the Microsoft stable, I just don't I just don't see it. Bo, thoughts, feelings? Discord. I know you don't love it anyway. You're not a huge fan of Discord, but I'm not a big fan of Discord. Uh so you know, I I I'm not a f- not super affected by it either way. I, I just feel like, yeah, I'm pretty ambivalent to the whole thing. Yeah. Go ahead and buy it. Like I already thought Discord was, you know, I don't know. I know that I know these companies have to make money to design these awesome things that are free. But I hate the Nitro service. I hate the fact that they were trying to become a games platform at some point. Oh, the somebody story, over there yeah. is trying to cash in on a payday. Uh, at some point and that's how all these things sort of end up so i imagine it'll be the destiny of discord the thing is it's a chat service like people will drop that in a hot second what a a new york minute 
or yeah. a Los Angeles minute, whatever. People will drop that in a Taiwanese minute if they, <laughs> whatever that means. Well, at the, um, mo- at the moment, if it stops being cool, like right. if it just, you know, uh, like I think there's, yeah, anyways, but and I feel like Microsoft had, doesn't have a good track record of making things cool when they buy it. So I think for, I think most users would probably feel like they don't want Microsoft to have this. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, they may, yeah. but, but at the end of the day, like if they didn't change much and they just injected it with tons of money and it just got better and, and maybe improved some of the stuff we don't like and all that sort of stuff, like I'd be all for that. It's just, I just don't. I just don't think they benefit from this. Like they, they, they wasted more money on trying to get Mixer going, and then they pooped yeah. it at the end. And they just said, "Yeah, we're not doing that." Well, if they're not doing that, they're not doing this. Like, why would no, they? Microsoft? Like, the, it's just different companies have different cultural identities. Like Microsoft's identity is like we're your operating system. Yeah, we have cool thing. We're doing cool things with Xbox, but we're also the people that has a dialog box that pops up and says, are you having trouble connecting to the internet? Click here to troubleshoot. And then a circle spins and then it says, is it this? And proceeds to tell you 10 things that are not wrong and be completely unhelpful with how to do things, you know, like, or clippy or any number of things that are super uncool, but you accept because it's part of computing. Like I don't, Xbox to me has always been sort of an anomaly. And the fact that they kind of get things right there is weird. So if it isn't the Xbox team or that division i don't trust it trust them to make anything actually cool in the gamer space like that's other companies do that much better yeah and i think they know that now they've gotten to a place where they know that or they've learned if they keep hands off of bethesda and let bethesda keep rolling the way they are that's great but if they start really getting in into into bethesda I don't, that company's future is probably not very Well, that's bright. what they claim. They claim, like one of the first things Microsoft said about that acquisition was, look, we're going to let Bethesda make the games they make. They're going to let them build the things players want. And we're joy- going to just make sure they have the vision, the money, and the space to do it. That's good, if that's what they do. Um, yeah, in a lot of ways. Xbox, the thing they do is they provide the supply chain for the devices. Yeah. That's like the actual device manufacturing is boring. Like it's the stuff content that's on it. That's great. And that's why, you know, Sony's able to be a cool company with their PlayStation and Xbox. They're not actually making a lot of the content first party that is desirable for the consoles. Chat room says uh, somebody in the chat. Let's see. Mr. Mooncat says they broke Skype uh, in the last couple of years when they forced everyone onto a new version. I would disagree with that. I would say they broke Skype because those new versions sucked. So any product worth its weight, you want to move with it and grow with it and have the new version because it's better. If it's not, that's where it broke. It's not because... In no world does anyone want people forever using ancient things. Just because you liked an old version of something, they would much rather have you on the new hotness because you want to be there. And so when your product makes a version there where you don't want to be on the new one, that's... That was Microsoft's flub. Not that they didn't, you know, not that they changed it. It's just they changed it and it was no good. It got rolled sucked. into the Windows 10ification of everything. Because well, I think too. the way it was designed was looked like a Windows 10 app back yeah. before, back when they were proposing that we never want to use our old start button again or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like, no, we like the PC environment you made. Like, yes, move things forward, but this is the standard we've set. Like, 
it's unexciting and unappealing and hard to market, but it's what we are used to. I agree. They also just struggled on the multi-platform front. The Mac version was weird and I used it and now I hate it. If I can avoid it, I just don't use it for anything. And I don't think they do that. They would do that with something like discord. I think they'd be more hands off the way Amazon is with Twitch. It'd be sort of like, here's all the money in the world. Make Twitch. Um, they're hands off until it's not profiting. Right. I mean, yeah. You'd have to, yeah, exactly. Like yeah, the, yeah. that is always going to be the rule. Like if anything with the blizzard problems we've seen in recent years, it's because we're now getting to a place where overall Activision profitability depends on them intervening in the way blizzard does things to get stuff faster and more the way Activision's used to doing things. And yeah. you could argue that directors wants to hear a plan. They don't want to yeah. hear, Oh, don't worry. It'll take care of itself. They want to know what your plan is and they want to see you, follow up on your plan and actually do the things you're going to say and blah, 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 blah. And that's, that's how you get into the corporate uncoolness that these companies that trade on being cool, uh, get into. Yeah. It's really interesting stuff though, but, um, yeah, we'll see what happens. Watch it. We'll see who knows. I just need discord to make a, I do all my podcast stuff on a, on a Mac and I have an M one, the newer chip thing. And I'd really like an M one version of discord, please. So, whoever's in charge over there if you can get off your ass and make it um all right steam now has standards it appears lest you think that everything's just lust from beyond <laughs> although yeah. you know again nothing wrong with lust from beyond as i as i reported in my semi-review last week lust from beyond is very not lustful it's mostly scary um no, but, but steam you've i've definitely seen very flat out pornographic images even in the preview section of some anime oh, yeah. Yeah, cartoonish yeah. games yeah yeah for sure they're, and they're um it. so it was with great shock that i saw i read a headline that steam flat out refuses to sell super seducer 3 i was like what yeah it's a it's a it's fmv but it's a game isn't it didn't they put uh well, I, I, that's exactly what steam said was their their rule that's apparently the one barrier they have is if it is full motion video they are not going to do it. They're not going to put it on their their platform. Uh, they don't care. It can be all the anime uh, boobs and penises you you want for days, but as soon as it's a real person, Steam's going to go. Mm, I don't. I don't think we're going to do that. Um, which I guess I can understand. Uh, you know, it, when you're actually filming people, uh, there are some standards about. Hey, but you know. How old was this person? Uh, did they come to you willingly? Are they wanting to be here? Were they weren't coerced into doing anything? Like, there's a lot of potential questions that could come up when you're actually filming something. And I don't think Steam, based on the fact that they basically are like, yeah, sure, porn games on Steam, we don't care. Uh, I don't think they want to do due diligence on that. Steam is very hands-off. They don't seem to like to get involved. And I think it's easier for them to just say, don't put it on our platform, than to try and be the ones policing the content when it comes to actual people in their porny games. Yeah, actual porn, like video porn. I see why they're making the distinction. I thought it was because the skeezy premise of the game which is some douchebag who you play trying to pick up women constantly and just using all the sleazy ways to do that. Like this, I guarantee you this thing is not a guy going to a bar and going, hey, good looking, and her going, I don't talk to men who talk like a-holes. I'm a strong independent. Like there's no, it's all just him saying shitty stuff to women. I guarantee it. That's why I would have a problem with it. 
it's that manipulative game. Like she probably would say something like this, and you're supposed to p- pick the sociopathic correct thing to get you to win the objective, which I assume is to knock boots. Right. Yeah, of course. I kind of assume there's no porn in this either. Like, like, is there? Like, I don't know. I'm looking. Because uh, like, I'm like, yeah, okay, there's scantily clad women. And yes, it's very, um, I don't know if chauvinistic is the right word, but it's very maybe uh, toxic masculinity, you know, all that kind of stuff, blah, 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 blah. But like, do they actually have porn? Because, you know, if it's just it, actors in dramatic situations without actual sexual contact, then it's like, but how is it different from they sell movies? You know, they probably have sex scenes in some of the movies that they have on Steam. How is that all that different? Yeah. But um, the yeah. um, the actual line from Steam was uh, Steam does not ship sexually explicit images of real people. So I would assume that somewhere in there, there was something. Yeah. I don't know what it was, but that was what their reason for rejection was. Yeah, and that's totally fine. And you know, I think we all wish they'd apply that to the anime games, but like <laughs> to some extent, like, but you I don't know. know. I have a new segment on this show that basically thrives on the existence of those games. It shouldn't always be porny games, I'm, but I got to tell you, they got the best reviews. Mm. As somebody who's been oh, reading a lot them. of Steam reviews, yeah. they got the best reviews. They like. I'm not going to waste a lot of breath trying to call out Steam for hypocrisy because it's just dumb. To, like, it's a waste of, t- of our time to, to really talk about that. They're a company that can decide what they want to sell and not sell. It's their prerogative the end yeah but um it's i just I, the only thing that was remarkable about it is that they did set a line somewhere because it felt like that that line was lowering and lowering and lowering with every passing month so you know the thing that's remarkable is uh, for whatever reason they do have it's there is a bottom <laughs> yeah. we've touched the bottom you know i think we've done it once before they won't do something i think excessively gory or excessively violent because i think there was that violent game uh, that was also that got pulled a while ago yeah hatred was it it was hatred. yeah something like that there was yeah, some uber was... so oh, but on the sexual sexual content front we haven't seen a no from them or a standard so this kind of gives us a sense of that. oh i take it back really i take it back about. hatred actually came out <laughs> it's on there on steam yeah i can't remember what the deal was oh it wasn't hatred i think it was a different game then because hatred was the one where the guy just decides to go nuts and shoot everybody. It was basically a, um, a bit of a glorification of sort of mass shooter sort of thing. Where a lot of video games do that without explicitly saying, "Here's a disgruntled white guy in a basement with a." Oh, I mean, if you're BJ Blazkowicz, you can be you can mass murder all you want. Right, you kill like, all, you're yeah, you just kill like, those Nazis all day. But you know, murder is murder. Like in real life, you're not going to be like, "Yay, you went to Germany and shot a bunch of people!" Like, woo. Yeah. You know, like it, it's a sad and tragic thing that we don't condone at all. Or at least, you know, we shouldn't. Um, and so, yeah, but the games that market themselves as like play a terrorist and yeah. do very, very simulated things that are very, uh, hor- in, in, a, in a horrible, too close to reality kind of way, like, yeah, I guess that's fine because if hate, that's what hatred is, it's on the store. <laughs> yeah, it's there. Five bucks, or sorry, six bucks. Uh, and it came out in 2015. That's how long we've been talking about that game. That <laughs> in Canada, it's six sixty nine. Is it? Nice. Yeah. Nice. Six dollars sixty nine cents. Um. All right. Anyway, anyway yeah. interesting stuff going on there. Um. Oh, I found. Uh, so I've been talking about this a lot this week with tech friends. 
the follow-up to the Switch, either a Switch Pro or whatever the next version of the Switch is, or possibly even the Switch we have now, but with this new tech added. Nobody knows. It's all rumors at this point, but it looks like rumors are supporting the idea that they would use NVIDIA's DLSS technology, which means the Switch in the future, when this tech is introduced, could produce 4K output. Now, for those who don't know what that is, I forget what the actual acronym stands for, but basically how it works is it's like really smart pixel interpolation technology that's done with machine learning and some other stuff. The end result is gobsmackingly gorgeous. And I saw an example where they took uh, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn on PC. They set the output resolution of that game to like seven or 1024 by 768, some tiny little posted stamp freaking ancient resolution. And then using this technology in the newer cards, DLSS, uh, it can take that stuff and scale it in such a way that it looked better at 4K, ran smoother, looked better, just looked really good using that technology than it did if you ran it at its native 4K, which it already supports. Um, yeah, I used this for Cyberpunk, actually, and it was yeah. an amazing way to have the graphic settings cranked way up on Cyberpunk and still outputting at a good resolution without it impacting the game speed. It's crazy. Uh, it's amazing. How it looks, yeah. Like it, like even in just a, ba- like a, a practical use like you just described, that I can think of a million reasons why somebody with a, you know, not the greatest hardware or maybe, get, you know, a game from next year or the year after just is not going to run at full clip unless you do something like this. And then now you can do it and have it look as good or better than people that are trying to run it at native. Like it really is a genuinely impressive tech, um, but it's new and not a lot of games support it yet. In fact, I want to say one of the first ones that did is cyberpunk. There's probably more than I think, but um, they're talking about that technology and the next generation, uh, you know, not not full on graphics cards, obviously, but the te- the Tegra chips that the switches are all based on. That newer stuff would make the switch suddenly uh, an incredible output device when it came to televisions. And the beauty of it would be the same switch, like the one I'm holding right here, would still only need to output at 720 or 1080 or whatever the heck the screen is now mm-hmm. on portable mode. But the minute you plug it into a TV, suddenly you've got seamless 4k still running at 60 frames per second still running all the features you want like not no hit to performance like it's a, that's a massive idea um and honestly not just for them like other console manufacturers could do this just pc gaming could change as a result like it's 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 really cool stuff so anyway i don't i didn't you know intend for today's episode to be full of like all the details but if you want to go learn more about this just go google search or youtube search dlss tech demo or comparison or whatever maybe the um horizon zero dawn put that in your search and your your mind will be blown like it's really something else which makes me wonder about a lot a lot of old games that had like maximum resolutions of like i don't know 800 by 600 what do those look like like could you do that could i could i take looks like diablo resurrected <laughs> diablo 2 resurrected turns yeah. out they aren't doing anything it's just they they put on dlss and that's what it looks yeah. like yeah it's really neat, though. You thought ray tracing was cool. I actually think this might be the future. Like, ray tracing is cool, but this is a massive thing. And it just means you don't, I don't know how to explain it. It's like you can get away with so much more with having less 
with that tech. Mm-hmm. But it's more complicated than I'm making it sound, and or, or even less than I'm making it sound. Just go read up on it and see what you think. Okay. What else? That's it. That's all we got there. Hmm. Hey, how about uh, oh, we have two this week? Sweet, John. Absolutely. What flavor do you like? What do you? Uh, which kind are you doing here? Like, uh, uh, we're doing regular Martha. All right, we're gonna do some some re- two regular Marthas. Here we go, dear Martha. Stream review edition. Take it away. <laughs> My dearest Martha, I present to you first a review of VR Paradise, a game which is a virtual strip club. (laughs) Martha, I love this game. When I first saw VR Paradise on the Steam store, I was a bit skeptical. I was not sure if I would enjoy it, but since they had a free demo, I said, hey, why not give it a try? And OMG, I am so glad I took the time and energy to set up VR Paradise. I am using an Oculus Quest 2, playing wirelessly through virtual desktop on a 5 gigahertz Verizon Fios internet connection. (laughs) It works great, and the graphical fidelity is amazing. The strippers look so real, and one of my favorite aspects of this simulation game is how realistic the body movements are. I love to walk around looking at the strippers walk from behind. It is so hot. <laughs> the table dances... <laughs> made myself laugh. The table dances, pole dance, and private dances are fun as well. I recommend getting some good quality headphones that are tailored to your headset. I use the Logitech G333 on the Quest 2. Improving the sound makes the game more fun and immersive. It's very nice that they allow you to store your own music. The only small quirk is every once in a while, when a song ends, it will repeat the same song. It shuffles most of the time. I'm sure this small glitch can be fixed with an update. Overall, I'm very satisfied with my purchase of VR Paradise. I ended up buying all the DLC and outfits. To be honest, I upgraded my Quest 2 to the max with a VR cover and elite strap to make the game experience more comfortable. It's also great that you can customize the stripper's outfits, hair, skin tone as well. I can't wait for a new strip club venue to be released via purchasable DLC. I support this game all the way. It has brought a new regular activity to just sit back, relax, and enjoy being in a virtual strip club. I highly recommend VR Paradise. <laughs> Yours in this life and the next. KN1992. <laughs> These are killing wow. me. Wait, you have two, though. You have two, right? I have two. That's the first one. Okay, wait. Right, here comes number two. Same game? Different game. Same game? Different game. All right, here so comes watch number the trailer while you read it. <laughs> yeah. Disturbing experience. <laughs> here comes number two. My dearest Martha, <laughs> I present to you now a review for Puyo Puyo Tetris 2. <laughs> it's Puyo Puyo Tetris 1, but with a 2 and Sonic. <laughs> Yours in this life and the next, Jerexpert. <laughs> Why is that so funny? I didn't expect that to be so funny. <coughs> oh, I shouldn't have drank water when I did. What was I thinking? Dude. 
Is Sonic really? Is Sonic really in Poyo Poyo Tetris Two or whatever? Is it? Really yeah, he is. That's one of the things they added. Oh my lord, that was awesome! All right, best new segment we've ever had. Well done. All right, now this games we played. I'm just here to tell you that I finally beat uh, Outer Worlds. Yes, that's right. The uh, Obsidian. Congratulations. Thank you very much. And it looked better and ran better, right? It did. um, Because so uh, it's weird because that's a Microsoft game now. It's uh, one of the first uh, acquisitions uh, when they when they bought Obsidian. It was like, hey, this will be on Game Pass day one. And it was. And it was going to be on PC Game Pass as well as uh, the consoles. And sure enough, it was. The console version was the Xbox One version, which was locked at 30 frames per second. Fine, whatever. That's that generation of that kind of game. Um, but the PC version, you know, had all the all the uh, tricks and whistles and everything. So I started on PC, but eventually thought, well, I'd really like to play this on the couch. So when I got my Series X, I was like, I'm going to do that. And it turns out the game does not support cross-save between console and PC. It does PC to PC or other console to console, but will not cross save with each other, which makes no sense to me. I don't get it. I don't know why it was, I guess, an early example of a game on the service and they just never put it in. I don't know. So I was like, well, I still want to play this on my butt. So I started a new game on, uh, on console and I just live with the 30 frames, just thinking this will be fine. I don't care. Whatever. It's a, it's an RPG. It's more about the story and you know, I don't care. I mean, frame rate's not going to kill me. But I would lie if I said I didn't wish the frame rate was better during all of that time, but play it, I still did. So jump ahead a bunch of months, and uh, what, two weeks ago or whatever, they put out a patch to coincide with some new DLC that also upped the frame rate on consoles, PlayStation as well, on PS5. So both those versions now run at a 60 frame per second clip, and it's a massive improvement to the game. Um, it still doesn't include some of the stuff you can do on PC, but it's minimal, um, the differences. And so I was like, sweet, I'm going to sit down and finish this thing. And I got way hooked, uh, since we last talked over the weekend and I played till the end and I beat it and I loved it. And I think that game's great and I want more of it. And I'll probably play the DLC now because I'm in the mood. Um, but I just love obsidian games and I think that game is great. The game is basically, you know, a spiritual sequel to, to new Vegas in a lot of ways, which they also made. And that game's fantastic. So is this. And I really had a good time with it. Chat room asked if I'd seen the dumb, the dumb ending. Cause there's an Easter egg, I guess, where I heard about this, where if you're, if your intelligence is less than five, is it? And you, you just, you just purposely in the game when you're adding all your stats, or if you refund them and do it again, uh, cause you have all your, you know, your strength and your, all your modifiers. It's just your sort of D and D style thing. Um, you, if you keep your intelligence below whatever the number is four, is it, uh, there's a, like a super dumb ending. And by dumb, it's like people just walk around going, so like there's that kind of thing. I haven't, I haven't seen it, so I don't know for sure how it goes. Really? Oh my. That's awesome. Um, the version I got, I don't know actually what ending I got. I was going to go hunt down the rest of them on, uh, YouTube and just see, but I loved it. I love that story. I love those characters. I love my companions. There's a little bit of Mass Effect feelings for me in that in that thing. Um, it's cool. That game's great. I want more of it, and I can't wait to play Avowed whenever that comes out. I hope it does because it looks like I'm gonna love their next game too. So anyway, had a great time with it. 
again, that's Outer Worlds, available on Game Pass and everywhere. You can get it on everything. So there's that, including Switch, I guess. There's a version on the Switch. Uh, so there's that. What else? Oh, so then, Bo, you'll like this. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, that was a fun first-person RPG. <laughs> I should play another one of those. So I yeah. started a fresh run of Deus Ex Mankind Divided from 2016. Yeah. And boy, game. howdy, that game is not only good, but it sure scratches that itch that cyberpunk didn't quite hit. Uh, it Yeah, well, it's it does the corporate Illuminati proxy militia William Gibson cyberpunk more justice than the bro fest that is cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's it totally it. It's the mark you want to hit. <laughs> yeah. In my opinion, it's very good. And I'm into it again and, and, and enjoying the crap out of it. I'll probably, I don't know. I don't know if I'll finish it again, but I really like that game a lot. And I just like all the augments and the, just the cool crap you do. I mean, both those games, the newer games are great. The old games I used to love back in the day. I'm sure they don't hold up now, but I thought that original 99 or 98 game was pretty rad. Adam and, um, Jensen is pretty iconic too. Just to get the, uh, I said Elias Tofexis, the voice actor. He's great. I'm Adam Jensen. Yeah. And like, it's just, it's the, they really nailed the voice actor. It's yeah. an iconic character. I just wish he was more popular and more iconic as, as like a, as a known thing. So they'd make more games, but um, I would love a new game. That's really good. And the DLC, which I actually have to go back. I need to play it again and play the DLC. Cause I, I stopped in the middle of it mm-hmm. and I don't remember why, but I was enjoying it. But you actually volunteer, you go to prison, but it's mm. on purpose. Mm. So you lose all your augments, but it, it doesn't feel it's in the desert. So it's like, and it, there's all these augs that are stuck in a prison. It's an aug prison. Oh, wow. So, and, and it really feels like a prison. Like, it feels like this cramped, it's hard as hell to sneak around because prison's not known for letting their 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 inmates, like, sneak around unsupervised. So it's actually really challenging and interesting milieu for this kind of a stealth game. Mm-hmm. And um, I just never finished it because it's actually really hard. Like, sneaking around the prison is not an easy thing. So I recommend the DLC for sure. Well, I may get there and try that because I didn't play that my first time with the game. Um, and I can't actually remember if I fully finished it or I, I know I got really far and I know that I liked it more than the, than mankind of not mankind about it. The other one, uh, human revolution, human revolution, which was also yeah. good. It just had, it had some issues, but it's been, so that game came out in 2011. This game came out in 2016. They're about where they could announce a new one. So I'm not a hundred percent sure they wouldn't, um, you know, we always say, oh, I wish it would support, perform well, but it made money. They made a lot of money on that game. They didn't, they didn't fail. Mm-hmm. And I feel like maybe there's a little resurgence. It was on sale on steam the other day for like five bucks for one day. Now it's back up to full again, but you could get it. I mean, super if you cheap. haven't played Deus Ex, the director's cut yeah. contained because the DLC was like, it's plopped in the middle of it. So you get this really long full game experience. It's awesome. I just I love that section in the missing link where you go deep under the ocean and they're manufacturing like og- ogs and stuff. There's this really like scary laboratory. It's so good, man. Oh, I'm into it. Yeah. And Mankind Divided is real I like the take that they did with it where it's like it's two zones of the same city. Yeah. Which I think it's the the Hague. You're in the Hague. You're in the Hague for a bunch and, of it, yeah. um yeah, and there's like it's like it changes over time. There's even this cool part where you're traveling. Not the Hague, Prague. It's like a, Prague, sorry. Prague. It's Prague? Yeah. I thought the Hague was in. Well, okay, is the Hague Prague in then. Prague? Where is the Hague? Maybe you fly to the Hague. 
What's uh, the name of that Og City that you go to? I know I'm definitely in Prague right now, early on, but I don't... Oh, maybe the Hague is like the opening mission. I don't know. I don't know why I have the Hague stuck in my head, but um, it's... uh, it's a fantastic milieu, but I like when you fast travel and the trains go down at a certain point in the game. Oh, yeah. When the fast travel is just Adam Jensen looking like a badass walking down like an empty train court. Like, yeah. they just nailed it so hard. It's just like, oh, why couldn't Cyberpunk bleed this kind of cool and not the kind of neon orange juice kind of cool that it does? Well, I wouldn't take anything away from it. I but. will say this too like on PC, it still looks glorious. Uh, yeah. The animations on some of their faces and stuff kind of bad, but not many worse than any other game from 2016. Or I mean, Human Revolution had that too. Where I think everyone's head's probably too small for their body. A little, there's a little bit of that going on. I think in Mankind or Human Revolution. Yeah, and I think that 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 preserved a bit. A little bit. <laughs> Mankind divided. Yeah, it's a cool game though. I'm really digging the vibe, mm-hmm. the music, all of it. It's just way more my jam, and so I'm gonna I'm gonna keep hacking away at that. Um, a little bit uh, breaking into the bank. Do you break into the bank at all? Uh, I don't, I did the first run. I don't, I haven't gotten that far yet and I don't oh, with, this, okay. with this run, but I also don't, um, it, it's funny. It's not that I don't like them. I actually kind of like them, but I don't think I really know what I'm doing with the hacking mini game. I think I just sort of get through and it's okay, but I really, I don't think I'm being strategic about it. I think I'm bad at hacking. Uh, I just hack everything in that game. I just I actually really just enjoy the mini game. I'd read all the emails, even the useless ones. Oh, I like that stuff. Yeah, there's all kinds of like cool. I can't. You know, oh no, story. the second, the one in the second one is very similar to the first one. Basically, it's just there's a speed element to it. As right. soon as you trigger the alarm, you've got to hurry your way through it. Yeah, but it is a little like the fortify thing, and the, there's like yeah, you can buy. yeah, but it is a little rough. There, I definitely did some saves coming with those things. Yeah. I hate getting busted. Yeah. <laughs> I'm too slow. It's cool though. That game's great. I think the voice acting's great. I'm gonna keep playing that game. Um, and then uh, my new portable addiction that I can't stop playing because I love it. And I've talked about it on PC before, but I was really always sort of waiting for this version. But the Switch version of Littlewood came out. And uh, yes, that's a funny name. But anyway, Littlewood was fi- is fifteen bucks. Uh, fifteen bucks on the Switch. I think Scott remembered the joke I made when he played it on the PC. Yeah, probably. I mean, it's you know, you name your town whatever you want, but the name of the game is Littlewood. And it's uh, I don't know. It's got it. The uh, there's some. Shut up, Alexa. Alexa, shut up. She's like Littlewood. How did she get her name out of any of that? Anyway. Uh, Littlewood sounds like me when I'm only a little excited. <laughs> Littlewood, order me some toilet paper. See, she didn't hear it that time. <laughs> so she or so anyway. This game's like a uh, I don't know. You take a little bit of Stardew Valley and you take a little bit of Animal Crossing and you take a little bit of the Harvest Moon games, I guess. And some of the essences of those kinds of games are in here, but it's a very different take. Um, super simplified, uh, cute graphics. One developer, by the way, a guy made the whole schmear super talented guy um and it just gives you a ton of freedom those other games don't give you at any time you just go into a build movie menu and just say i'm going to move these four trees over here and move my house over here i don't feel like rebuilding them i'm just going to do it like it just lets you move stuff around and do whatever you want it doesn't have a day night cycle well it does but the way it works is it's like a meter you fill up and you do that by doing work and you can extend that meter by paying upgrades and doing some other things. But basically, if you're chopping trees a whole bunch that day, every time I chop a tree down, a little thing goes up, goes up, goes up. And when I get it, we get it to the end, it's dark out. So you basically force night to come. 
And then you go rest at your house, wake up the next day. You've leveled up a bunch of stuff. Go get your money from the market. Too many systems to mention here. But if you'd like those games, if the Animal Crossing uh, progression stuff is your jam, but you'd like something just a little bit more get in, get out, sort of, that's what Little Wood is. And it's so perfect on Switch. My gosh, I, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And that guy's really talented. His next game is like some kind of Pokemon style take that's set in the same universe, the Littlewood universe. I don't know much about it other than I'm excited because he's so far impressed me with what he can do. And, um, and it's, it's just awesome. So anyway, Littlewood on switch. It's also on PC still, uh, use a controller if you can, cause it's better that way. And, uh, I think it got delayed in other markets, but the U S switch North American switch switch version is out on the East on the eShop. That's where I got it. 15 bucks. So much worse you could do. You know, 15 bucks. What's that? Lunch somewhere, sort of, you know, after tip and, you know, whatever. Yeah, Yeah. it's about lunch. So get it. Don't eat. No big deal. Don't eat. Get it. Little wood. It's great. Skip skip a meal and buy little wood. That's right. Now, Bo and I got to talk about a thing. We'll do it here jointly. That uh, magic ARPG called Magic Legends, which we've been both looking forward to quite a bit. I think John as well. It's like, Hey, the magic universe is going to make a Diablo like, and it's got this cool idea of using cards and, and all this sort of stuff. And we were pretty excited about it. The open beta started Epic has it. I, I guess you can do it direct as well. And, um, uh, downloaded it, installed it. And that thing is beta. <laughs> like it is an unpolished, not turd, but it's unpolished. Like it needs a lot of work in a bunch of areas. Um, I have to say though, I think the core systems like me in the battlefield, cycling through those cards, using them to fight in a real time way felt pretty good. Um, but the rest of that game is so uh, janky, (laughs) like story stuff and opening sequence stuff and herky jerky animation. And the server stuff's a little wonky right now. Like it's not. It has this floaty quality to it. Yeah. Like where your guy kind of gets, I guess, nudged or just sort of floats around. The clicking isn't super satisfying. Like to move. Like there's just a feel to it that's like, whoa, guys, <laughs> get yeah. the basic. Just the game very like, unpolished. Play nice. yeah. It feels like you could just, tighten everything that you just said up, right? Like I feel like they could, but it's not right. Yeah, now. like maybe they could. I, I, I hope it's the kind of thing they can fix or, or feel it's important enough to fix because all these ARPGs, whatever you're talking about, they're usually responsive. Like you click that you move, you attack, it works. There's no lag. There's no floating around weirdly getting, I get caught in so much geometry and I've watched streamers play it too. And they like, they're getting caught like in just corners of tents and stuff like that. It's, Mm -hmm. it's miserable. And, and then when you're pile, like there's just kind of dog pile effect because you summon creatures in this game. Right. 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 And I think they have it so that you can't pass through units. Like in in Diablo, your units never really get in your way. You're never pathing around your friendly summons. Mm -mm. Um, But in this, that's kind of an element. And the enemies do and you do. So you get jostled around. Yeah. And then it it just doesn't register clicks very, like, accurately. Like, it's, I don't know. Something needs to be fixed. It just, it didn't feel crisp on that front. And um, that made me feel like, I don't know. This might just be a 
toss it out there and recover whatever money you can for it and, <laughs> and then head for the hills like yeah. kind of yeah. it's got the scent of that stuff and when i smelt it i was like oh, i don't think i want to be a part of this <laughs> i wish it was further um, along in development they just i think they put it out too early um because it didn't again there's it feels like the kind of thing that a capable team could take and say tighten this up clean this up do this do that like make it a better game and they may do but it felt pretty raw coming out yeah, of the it. only innovation on the genre they're doing is the cards like you know many plenty of examples of these games existed they're not doing anything shockingly new where you're like oh yeah maybe this game should be this janky because we're they're breaking new ground and it's open beta but um, we've uh, there's some standards for quality of a ARPG product that they're not hitting, and I think that's where my worry comes in. Where mm-hmm. I'm like, I they might just be phoning this in. It's, yeah, it's a licensed game. I, I you know I want to think well of Wizards, but I and but I don't know. Like, yeah, I just don't think I, I have a bad feeling. But I think I am going to play it. Like I played it for an hour. I uninstalled it in a fury. I was like, this is bad. <laughs> like, yeah. but it has good stuff in it. Like, you know, I was like, I'm, I'm kind of compelled with it. So I did reinstall it a few hours later and gave it another hour. Um, I don't know. I don't know if the, I love the card thing. Cause you know how like you put a certain ability on a certain button. Mm-hmm. Now I got, it's never in the same button spot. <laughs> it's like, like, swap I, I, you know, it's yeah. like if I had put a dodge ability in like a, a vault on the demon hunter and Diablo, like I expect, you know, to move or dash on the monk. Right. In this setup, I have to like look to see where that is, you know. And not only that, it's like keys one through three or one through four, and then Q, Q, W, and E are some basic attacks that you always have. They have cooldowns as well, but they're like your class abilities. And uh, for the one I, I can't remember who I picked, something like a holy magic guy. I forgot the name of it. You'd probably know better than me. I'm not much well, of a magic the, the white the white mage guy, whatever. He Basically, is. Yeah. yeah. And he had this like wave of holy light that he would lay out, and it would lay waste to stuff coming at you and stuff. And those those are fine for what they are. But I kept doing this thing where I'm like, oh, I got that card again, and I went to hit it, and it was W instead of two. I was like, ah, frick. Okay, wait. Sorry. Oh no. Now he's at one. All right. Well, I'll hit one. Like some of that stuff's a little weird. I don't know how else you'd have the effect of scaling through a bunch of cards. Um which is what they're trying to do. But it would almost be better if you went into a fight and said, Hey, here's a, here's a deck of cards. You've unlocked, take your favorite four. Mm-hmm. And then you choose which four you're going to take. And then you can do this idea of assigning that ability to two. And it's always two or it's always three or whatever, but they didn't do that here. So I don't know. Yeah. I guess when they always come up, they're assigned to that button. Yeah. But yeah, I'm sure that presents its own complex. Like it's, I just don't think ARPG game mode was designed to have random card draw. Like it's just, I, someone else would have thought of it by now if it was really that great of an idea mm-hmm. and it isn't just like, Hey, we're so lucky. We have a card game IP and we want to make an ARPG. So it works out. I'm like, I don't, I think this will be a fun diversion for people who don't play a lot of ARPGs and don't really like magic, you know? Yeah. yeah. And I think the the hardcore ARPG crowd, like myself included, is kind of just be like, eh, this is too random. It's not going to be their thing. Yeah. And they're not wowing. The story is generic and McGenericson. Uh, the game client's not in the best shape. Mm-hmm. And um, the combat's not that good so far. I just spam the buttons and things. I don't know. I just, I, I'm not finding it very compelling to, f- to play the fights either. Yeah. It's not great yet. 
or at all. Maybe it won't be ever. I mean, I like to give these guys time and their benefit of the doubt and all that, but it's pretty pretty raw right now, which yeah. sucks because it looked like preview stuff looked so pretty and so like ooh a fresh take on the genre and and all that. And now I'm not so sure. So I think it's the like I think they have that stuff in spades. I think probably they have a great art team. They have a great design team. Mm-hmm. The menu system's nice. It's just the basics. Just got to get that gameplay first that we always love Blizzard for. And that's kind of it. It's the invisible stuff, the stuff that you take for granted. That's like, oh, this is responsive and super crisp and feels good to play. And this is like, oh, they didn't get that part. Yeah. Uh, By the way, breaking news. uh, Someone in the chat just informed me and I looked it up real quick. Uh, The Wall Street Journal is reporting just now. This just dropped four minutes ago. Uh, or so Microsoft Corp is in advanced talks to acquire messaging platform discord Inc for 10 billion or more. According to people familiar with the matter as the software giant seeks to deepen its consumer offerings, it says that it would be completed by next month. That's basically the new part of the story. Um, Mm. and let's see, uh, Oh, they also go on to say that the reason they also think this is all going to happen is discord has been considering an IPO just like WhatsApp and signal were doing right before they were picked up by somebody bigger. Um, oh, like WhatsApp was picked up by Facebook? Yeah. And Microsoft's got a $1.7 trillion market cap value right now. They, It's really not very much money if they decide to do it. Drop, so I might yeah, be dead wrong. I, I may be wrong. Maybe they're doing it. I don't know. I don't know. I can see they're, they're buying up IPs. You can see a world where they're like, let's integrate the Discord service into Xbox Game Pass and boom. Yeah. You know, like I mean, if they're making deals with all these partners, Ubisoft, EA, all of that, having a central hub that supports voice chat and game communities and all of that around it isn't a bad idea. It makes sense. Yeah. So I I think maybe we'll see. And they they take another chunk out of competitive competitive platforms. You know, like Nintendo will always be around doing its thing, but Sony, you know, they're they're spread out so much in the PC and, and console platforms, everyone's going to feel like, well, I have to go with Xbox because they own everything. Well, if that, <laughs> if that thing happens with, with Ubisoft, that's massive. Like the, uh, I mean, it's yeah. not on its own so much, but just as an, another reason to get game pass and that, that it, it will depend on that price holding steady. If that price holds steady and though, and that EA play and all of game pass with all that that implies with all the new acquisitions, like it's almost scary what this is. It's almost like scary monopoly business uh, at some point. Like it could be, you could, you could easily yeah. get conspiratorial about it as a gamer. I'm thrilled about it because it seems like a hell of a value, yeah. but um, yeah, we'll see. Um, um, okay. New, new, new. Yeah. At the same time, there's lots of indie development. There's lots of other options out there. They'll never own everything. So no, they can't own everything, but yeah. But they've got, they basically are building Netflix for games in a way that's far more, it's happening quicker than I expected, potentially, yeah. I guess. Yeah. John, you're playing Final Fantasy 14, and it's because <laughs> you and WoW are in a bit of a, you know, you guys aren't getting along very well lately. No, I don't think WoW's very good uh, for... <laughs> yeah. For people who whose interests and time investment and all of that share mine... I don't think WoW's offering right now is very good or in service of you. Uh, I'm sure you guys are going to talk about it on the instance. There's also another news story. Blizzard just not doing themselves any favors Mm. with uh, changing how you can buy game time for that game now. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's a pretty controversial decision 
for anybody that's not doing a sub, but doing month to month buying game time. Right. So, I mean, they're, they're doing some weird things and um, I'm a little out of love with the uh, wow at the moment. And I started playing near automata. We talked about that, I think last week and we started talking about final fantasy, having a tie into it. And that got me to reinstall final fantasy 14 and say, well, let's try it. Let's see. Let's see how it's going. And I really like that game. It is the breath of fresh air that I I needed after leaving the Shadowlands. It's mm. it's just so interesting how it can feel both old school and kind of retro in how it plays, but you also look at it and everything just feels a little more modern and rewarding in a mm. cool way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going down the rogue job path, which would surprise nobody, but I actually didn't the first time mm-hmm. I played it. Um, I'm more and, shocked you know, that you didn't the first time you played it. That that part is shocking know. to me. Wow. Well, it, it's weird because in... Uh, in Final Fantasy, I love dragoons. Like I always thought dragoons in Final Fantasy were really cool because they do that move where they jump off the screen and then whatever happens, happens, and then they come crashing back down. They do big damage. Uh, I always thought that was cool. It doesn't exactly play that way in an MMO. You still get to do it, but it doesn't exactly... It's different in a turn-based game. But uh, the rogue story is really cool. You're basically, you know... um, I don't remember what they call it, but the idea is like you're the you're in this piratey cove and there's laws <laughs> that the pirates have to abide by. Pirate if laws. They, if they don't if they don't abide by the pirate laws, they go to the rogue guild and they send you out there to deal with them. Okay. It's basically like, hey, you broke the pirate code, now you're gonna have to deal with the rogues. Mm-hmm. And like it's a really interesting story, but it also it does such a good job of that dynamic that that I feel like wow has been good at in the past of, yeah, sometimes it's really serious, but sometimes it's really funny. So you go from one storyline where it's, Hey, these guys robbed uh, some pirates of their lawfully acquired loot. And now you're going to go get it back and teach them a lesson. And they follow you into the guild and they try to muscle you and they don't realize they're in a rogue guild. Cause it's a big secret and all the rogues just stab them to death when they come in and try to muscle in on you. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wow, that was dark. That was really cool. And then the next mm. one uh, you're dealing with the fallout of someone stealing someone's sandwich. And uh, they're very up- unhappy because lunch got stolen from them. And it's, it's an interesting dynamic, but so they put out a uh, the, kit on them? They don't, but there is a point where they're like, hey, wait a minute. The code says you don't steal from other pirates. And he goes, yeah, but this is just a sandwich. It's fine, right? And they string him up. He's still alive. They don't kill him like they do some of them. They still string him up from the mm. uh, from the top of the city for everybody to see for being a filthy oath breaker. And uh, I don't mm. know. It's cool. It's way more I, hardcore than I would expect Mm. that's the other thing is is that game can be brutal in a way that's misleading i mean you're dealing with these little like potato people that look like cutesy little kids (laughs) and then they're pulling out daggers and stabbing people and yeah talking about going to the bar and getting wenches and stuff and you're like what is is this (laughs) getting wenches (laughs) (laughs) you're like what are we doing um it's great i'm having a lot of fun in it um it's a it's a nice distraction and feeling like i'm back in an mmo again um and it's it's my favorite part of the mmo it's where it's 
not racing to end game. I'm not grinding currencies or reps or anything like that. I'm just enjoying the leveling at my own pace. Uh, they does feel like they have sped that up and that they've uh, brought that in. Cause if you remember the last time I played, this was before a lot of that work was done. Yep. So everything's feeling a little more brisk and everything's feeling a little tighter. Yep. And uh, I'm just really enjoying my time in it. I, I can't say enough nice things about how that game is, hmm. is playing for me right now. Yeah. Everyone I knew who plays it loves it. I liked it when I dip, dabbled last year and now you're making me want to get in there again. Um, yeah, I'm kind of hitting, I'm hitting a bit of a wow wall as well. It's like, uh, it, fe- it feels different than the usual wow wall smack up that I have at a certain part of Doctor, it. Doctor Wow Wall, Doctor Wow Wall, in the he's in the waiter room. I have to go find him. Um, <laughs> but that 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 wall is a feels like a more I don't know I don't know. It's a weird wall. We're, I'm looking at is a it weird. Just wall. that you guys have done it a number of times. Like Maybe. the X Pack experience is pretty. Maybe. It's pretty similar, even if it varies from X Pack to X Pack. I mean, there's a bit of that fully willing to admit that that's possible that yeah. I've been at this since the friends and friendly or friends and friendly friends and family <laughs> alpha in 2003 is when I started playing world of Warcraft and never left really. And maybe, maybe that's part of it. Like if I was like a the, brand the base new player, game was a different experience than the X pack. Like, you know, oh yeah, like I, yeah. it's yeah. true. I, I think for me, the problem right now is there seems to be a, they, they've rolled back rewards. They felt like they over-rewarded people for things in Battle for Azeroth. Mm-hmm. And so rewards have been brought down significantly. So you're, you're getting less. Um, but the problem I ran into is, you know, I, I don't raid. I don't do Mythic Dungeons. I don't do a lot of the high-end stuff. I want to enjoy the game from a more casual perspective. And they gave me really good gear very easily just by getting to the end of the leveling process. And then they were like, okay, well now what you're grinding is you're essentially, it's, it's sort of like the, the Fortnite season pass stuff. It's like, Oh, you got to a new rank and this is what you unlocked. Um, but most of the time, what you have unlocked is the ability to then grind the currency to buy the stuff you unlocked. Mm. So you go do your world quests and all of that so that you can unlock the ability to go do those same exact world quests to get the currency to buy the things you then unlocked. And it's just, it's like, this feels like just the most empty, unfulfilling loop that I've, I've ever experienced. Like I almost prefer rep, which is saying a lot. Like I, I, I'm missing the days of reputation because at least I was buying that stuff with gold and it wasn't like, Oh, you're exalted with us. Okay. Now do that grind again so that you can buy the stuff you just got. And Torghast is super cool, but the rewards in it are just not interesting and and not compelling. Otherwise, I'd be in there constantly. And they did something I didn't even realize they were going to do, which was offer uh, kind of events in Torghast, which Mm -hmm. is for this week when you go in, we're going to, instead of the normal upgrades that you can pick along your run, like maybe this week you're going to be able to have a pet with you, even if you're not a pet class mm-hmm. and you'll be able mm-hmm. to pick perks to power up your pet. That's super cool. If you feel compelled to run it, the problem is, is nobody's really excited about going in and spending the amount of time it takes to do a tour gas run when the reward is so empty, yeah. you know, like it's, yeah. it's like, Oh yeah, you went and you killed, you know, five hours and you walked away with, 
a little bit of soul ash that you can maybe use to make a legendary if you haven't already made it. Yeah. So it's just yeah. it's just an empty experience right now is my biggest problem. Is I, I've never been more aware playing WoW that what I'm doing isn't earning me anything. And mm-hmm. it just feels very hollow. Yeah, I think mm. you said it pretty well. And I'm feeling similar feelings about where I'm at. I'm not quite... I, I really want to see 9-1, but it's a lot of what you just said is me... I'm hanging some hope on like Torghast being tweaked and made more rewarding in that patch and they're doing things in that regard but i don't know if it's enough yet to to really change how um all this stuff is feeling and i don't know it's just hard to explain it's not even like there's no i'm not i don't have any hate to throw around it's just feeling a little rutted on it right now and more than i usually do at this point of an expansion like even more than i did with bfa like in bfa i was I was at least sort of like, oh, well, like any expansion, I'm kind of done for a bit uh, or I'm going to you know, put it on the back burner until a, a big patch comes out or whatever. This time I'm like, I don't know. It's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what WoW is anymore. It's hard. It's hard sometimes to kind of see it f- through my perspective, which again, like Bo's right, is a long ass perspective on a game that I've been playing forever. And, yeah, I mean, it's not anything. I don't know what I would expect them to do. It's just you know, five zones and some dungeons and then raids. Like, and this is, what is it? Seven, seventh expansion, uh, ninth, eighth, ninth, ninth. Yeah, yeah. So yep. it's the ninth. You know, trip to the well, two year trips. You know, like it's, it's um, the the human brain needs novelty, even even if you like one particular game, and it's just you know. It's a long. It's a lot of time. It could just be as simple as that, and there, maybe there's nothing wrong with the game, but you know you've experienced a lot of it, and there's tons of experiences out there. You know, you you can you can play Octopath Traveler or um, Outer Worlds with your time. You know, and it's just yeah, these things compete for your limited amount of hours each day, and um, that's where you end up feeling about these things. That's kind of why I like Shadowlands had an awesome trailer and awesome premise. Like by all accounts, I feel like I should be playing it. Story is awesome. I, I just, love that. It's I just, know what to expect in terms of I'm going to get to a point where I've done some of the yeah. leveling and it's going to look the same as the previous expansions and I'm going to get distracted by something else that, that is more appealing. Yeah, I love the story. Um, I like how the story is still unfolding. Like that stuff's great. It's just that once you hit it and then you're told, hey, by the way, now from now on, spend all your time basically doing what you've done for the last eight expansions. Like just grind some yeah. reputation, try to get some gear. Go do these raids if you can. Okay, you can't do that. Okay, try doing these public dungeon things. Like try to try to keep playing in the same way that we've asked you to do that long. Maybe that's part of my problem, hmm. and and maybe that's why oh. things like Final Fantasy, at the very least, it's coming from a different design perspective where they're just like, hey, yeah, sure, we got the basic, you know, camera behind the back, keys one through equals all have abilities on them. You know, we're kind of we're using that part of the template, but beyond that, we're just saying, here's a big world with all kinds of shit to do. And, and I don't know, I, I, maybe I just need to change a different, you were playing elder scrolls and that was probably a different experience. Than yeah. I liked right? ESO. I still do. ESO is my favorite go-to secondary MMO, I mean, but partly because it's what totally I, different. 
than playing wild. That's what I found appealing about Black Desert was just the fighting was just completely different yeah. too. Yeah, that's like it. it was just combo. It was like playing a Street Fighter game. Like just you do combos and it's flashy. It's actually a worse, it's a way worse game than WoW. But it, it's like I'm grinding mobs in a fun and unique way that I can't get anywhere else. Like that's the appeal of this game. So, yeah. The other the other thing too yeah. in the chat reminds us, Laura for reals, like, hey, the game's fifty. The first sixty levels are free. That's out of eighty. The current cap is eighty. So there's so Ooh, much free game free there. Play. And it's not a free-to-play game where they're constantly hounding you for stuff in a store. You just are playing it. Huh. I don't know. I didn't know it was free like that. That's crazy. It's pretty compelling business in that thing. So yeah. um, it's cool. It looks great. the The other thing is, is like WoW has a trillion pets, and I, I, they all kind of look crappy. I never really do anything with them. And like, this, it's weird to play this game and run around and see the dumb little animals people are running around with. <laughs> yeah. But they put so much time and attention into them. That every single one I look at, I'm like, oh, what is that? Mm-hmm. Look at that. Because they put some dopey friggin' pets in this game. Uh, if you're a pet collector, there's some cool stuff in here, including just a big old fat cat that just looks like a ball. It's great. Uh, I don't know. There's something about the art style in that Final Fantasy that is really, really good. Every time I get a piece of armor and I go, ooh, we're burning crusading over here with this armor, I get something else and then I just look like a badass again. Like, the game's a lot better at making me making my character feel like a badass in the world than uh, other MMOs because you do you play a role like you are a character in the story and you're an important character. You're not just oh champion has arrived and then someone else does you know everything. Mm-hmm. So you play a more pivotal role to that story, which is which is kind of cool too. Yeah, I just think maybe we're you know 15 years is a long time for a game like World of Warcraft, and man, it's amazing how how you know well it has done for as long as it's done but maybe there is a point where you go all right either there's a sequel or you do this forever and you can't really start i mean what else can you do to innovate in that engine in that game in that the tools that you're given what can you do can you do anything else or is it time for a new thing like what what really um I'm going to get emails about this because people always freak out when I talk about wow in a, in this way, but it's fine. Um, but I was talking to, who was it I was talking to? can't remember, but somebody had sent the video around of the unreal engine five walkthrough of, uh, thunder bluff. I think it was thunder. Thunder Oh, it was a thunder bluff. Yeah. You should see this thing, dude. It's, and I don't even like that stuff normally because normally I'm just like, well, yeah, you rendered a high res version of a thing. Of course it's cool because you know, you can't do that in the game it's based on. But this in particular was really like, oh my gosh, why is this not the game I'm playing? Why can't we go here sometime soon? It's not just about graphics either. It's just about a world that's just more immersive and mechanical and things I can do in it. And the game, the, I think the game desperately needs to get to somehow achieve that. And whether it can do it as it is right now or not is, is a question. Uh, it still clearly makes them millions and millions upon millions of dollars and is a cash cow even to this day. So probably don't change it if it isn't broke is the attitude. But um, I don't know. This not mo- if they're making money. And then it's up to them whether or not they even want to. World of Warcraft was a um, a work of passion that would be on the means that a normal company would feel like taking the risk on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Because they're part of Activision Blizzard now, that conversation's different. 
it's not Mike Morheim taking out his credit card to pay people salaries to make sure they get this dream project done. You know what I mean? Like, right. it's an against all odds kind of situation. So they'd have to be really invested in doing the second iteration right, no matter the cost kind of thing. Right. And, you know, as budgets become overdue and games have to get handed in to meet deadlines, stuff gets left on the floor. And that's where you get the 50% game release that, like, Magic <laughs> Legends is. <laughs> that's my that's my take on Magic Legends. It's time to turn it to the public. Whatever we got, we got. Yeah, that does and, feel like You that. know, yeah. uh, hope for the best. Um, that stuff is more common, I think, in the gaming space than uncommon. And more, that's where World of Warcraft does stand out is that there was passion and commitment from the developers on all of their games. And we kind of hope that tradition continues into the future with new properties. I think one of the reasons that final fantasy 14 feels the way it does to John and to others and felt the way it did to me when I played it was because it's almost like it's the only one that's in the space that isn't just trying to be wow. It feels like they don't care. I mean, they care that it's an MMO and that people pay money and that they play it. They care about that. But what they, they're not all wrapped up in this. Like, like not once when I, since I heard about Riot making their MMO, did I ever go, oh, I'm sure they'll come at this with absolutely a brand new idea. I think they'll come at it like all MMOs. It'll sort of be one of those again. And I don't know why I feel that way, but it feels like most MMOs are just sort of chasing the same cheese. Whereas this feels like Japanese developers that are like in their own world a little bit kind of doing their own thing, thinking of their own ideas and not really paying attention to what... Oh, and they got to live up to the Final Fantasy brand. That's a whole other thing. You know, they thing. can't exactly. just chase... Yeah, they can't just chase Blizzard. They have to also... People go to Final Fantasy for certain things. They have to they have to be true to that. And I guess that shows too. Well, There's and it's got one of the most fascinating, like, behind-the-scenes stories. We talked about the no-clip documentaries. If you want a really good one... Watch the making, uh, the making, the ending, and the remaking of Final Fantasy XIV. Um, it's an incredible story, and it also serves as the narrative of the game. That's the other thing that's interesting: is Final Fantasy XIV came out was a massive failure. Um, they kept it going while they kept supporting and kept it going while rebuilding the game from the ground up at the same time. Yeah. And then did a pivot where they shut it down for a period of time, switched over to a Realm Reborn, and then launched that. And the funny thing is, is like the story of original Final Fantasy XIV is the prologue for the story of a Realm Reborn. Mm. It talks about that game's events. It talks about the event that ended that game is the thing that started this new MMO. It's really crazy some of the ideas that are at play in there and also that existed behind the scenes. So it's it's a really cool story and it's definitely the story of like, you know, an underdog where they were like, Well, we made this thing. It's not very good. People don't like it. Yeah. But rather than just shut it down, let's support it and do something amazing with it. And they did. Yeah. And if you if you look at that work that's a work ethic I admire. Like there's something about them going, Yeah, we have this up we're starting over. We're doing right by this is that's a massive thing. Like in, in any other example of this, that thing just fails and it goes away. It's the matrix online or it's the whatever, whatever. It's just a million. Oh, of these I played things. that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they just go away. But in this case, they're like, no, we refuse to let it go away. We refuse to let it be a failure. There's a lot of that. Maybe there's a lot of Japanese culture in that. 
And that's okay with me because I just think it's an amazing success story. It's really cool that they pulled it off. So I'm going to play more of it because, damn it, John's talking about it. And it's on my PC. I just sort of got away from it. But that game's cool. And it also looks good. The 6.0 upgrade coming out soon will be like an engine upgrade and console version. At least PS5 is getting a... Uh, a new version of the game. I'd like to take advantage of the hardware. I, PC people will benefit from the change. Like it seems like they're willing to keep moving forward with that engine. Whereas the WoW one, it seems like they really eke out. Uh, they eke out a lot out of WoW. They they've made a very pretty game in 2021 out of what is essentially still that place that we all visited in 04. Uh, but despite that, you know, it's it's always going to look like that. It's always going to look like World of Warcraft. It's going to be giant hmm. wide halls, blurry textures on the floor and, you know, some janky geometry. And it's just going to be that game. And it's OK. It's OK that it's those things. But some of us are starting to feel a feeling. We're having a feeling. OK, that's all I'm saying there. John, how's Loop Hero? I've been playing as well. I forgot to mention it, but love the Loop you Hero. You know, I'm. I'm conflicted on it because I feel like I found a build I like and I just play it all the time now. So there's a part of me that sits down and goes, why am I still playing this? <laughs> like I found what I liked and what worked. And when I end the loop, when I'm like, oh, it's getting scary. Uh, I go, all right, let's play again. And I build that exact same build. Mm-hmm. And I'm there is a part of me that's going, what am I doing? I need to either spread my wings and and venture out and do something different. But I did learn today that there are secret bosses in that game. And I find that incredibly intriguing. Like, apparently, if you cover an entire path in swamp tiles, you will fight the Frog King. Mm. And apparently, if you can can also, uh, if you can set it up to where enough effects are landing on the same tile, if that makes sense, you know, like how a lot of things have zones and areas, you know, mm-hmm. you put a spider thing and it'll be in this spot and you put a forest, but it covers a big square. Apparently, if you can get it to overlap enough areas, you can fight the developers of the game. What? As a, as a boss. Are they like little like, like uh, old PC graphics looking pixel guys or what's the deal with that? Apparently, they look like monsters, but there's a lot of inside jokes like, you know, you'll you'll mouse over them and their abilities will be stuff like great and crunch which means when they get low on health they get more powerful or you know one of them's like listed as a speed runner which means the fewer buildings you have the less powerful they are you know like it's Mm. it's a bunch of inside joke things including it sounds like some of them making fun of themselves a little bit but yeah apparently that game's just chock full of hidden bosses depending on weird things you do with your loops and i'm like Man, there's so much more to this game than what I'm actually doing. I maybe I shouldn't quit just yet. Maybe I just need to dive down the rabbit hole of reading about these things and checking them out so that I enjoy it as opposed to uh, just going, "Well, I got my build, I'm done." Yeah. So, I understand that. I'm still enjoying it just for the sort of I I'll tell you how I play it. I don't I don't sit down and go, "I'm playing Loop Hero." I sit down and go, all right, I got a call starting with an advertiser or somebody wants to do whatever. <laughs> this is going to take me a half an hour, an hour, and all they need me to do is just listen to them. So I'm going to play Loop Hero while I do that meeting. And it's been great as a meeting game. One of my favorite meeting yeah. games of all time. That and the very excellent, which I also played a bunch this week, forgot to mention, uh, Dicey Dungeons is just such a great freaking game. And I'm playing, I've been playing that like during meetings. 
because why not? I mean, I'm yep. still listening. I can be mindless with these games. It's not that big a deal, but man, Dicey Dungeon kicks ass. That game's great. Yeah, Dicey Dungeon. It looks like it was made by some five-year-old, like graphically. It's like, it's okay, but it's so cutesy, it's almost painful. But the actual yeah. gameplay in Dicey Dungeon, legit. Like fun, strategic, interesting. I think getting rid of dice is its own fun cycle of like, I have dice. There are five of them. I have abilities to stick dice into to do damage or shield or whatever. And I can do that. And it feels good to rid myself of the dice. So it's like this little cleaning out every time. Dice, 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 dice. I have no more dice. End turn. As opposed to cards, which is usually like, well, I can only spend three mana. And now I'm out of mana, but I got four other cards left. And they just get thrown into the discard pile. Like this game has got a great sort of dump your shit kind of quality to it. I love it. Love it. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like, there's no planning for future turns, basically. Yeah. Like, you're just like, what do I do this turn? It's yeah. deviously good. People should be playing that. All right. Um, Bo, Heroes of the Storm. <laughs> yeah. You may have heard of it, everybody. Heroes. Still, uh, still a <laughs> I, thing. Turns out I'm back on my Heroes of the Storm kick. Like, I have all these games to play. I haven't touched Loop Hero again for another week. Partly because, like I guess, I don't have meetings where I can do that. So if I just play Loop Hero intentionally, it's just like it's very passive. So I think Heroes for me is like comfort food. The game's super responsive and you know just plays really good, and I enjoy it. And I'm not bad at it, so I yeah, just game's awesome. <laughs> I keep meaning to play other games. I just haven't got to them because it's also fits nicely in an evening. You know, I do wish you could it- play six games and then just call it. <laughs> sure. I do wish it had, um, uh, I, I don't know why I wish this. I wish I had RTX support. When you have a 3080, you just love to see games play with it. And Blizzard doesn't allow <laughs> modding, so they'd have to do it themselves. And I would love to see how that game looks with like proper lighting in there. My expectations on content and updates is really low for the game. And yeah. that's actually, <laughs> yeah, that's actually, it can be a positive because the game is sort of set in its state. It's got a lot of maps, it's got a lot of heroes. Like there's, you don't really need more updates if it's just going to be the casual side game that it is now. And um, so in that regard, it is a very, very well-polished game experience. Mm-hmm. And there's still lots of people playing. I don't ever wait for games. So, um, yeah, and Hogger, I've been playing the new hero. He's a, he's a hoot. Yeah. It's hard to control, but sure. he's kind of funny. He's like, me, eat faces. And you're like, okay, get behind this guy. <laughs> <laughs> me throw explosions. Yeah. You know, like he's, they definitely play him out his, his, I don't want to say that is low intelligence, but his low vocabulary. Yeah, they definitely, you know, Blizzard's very good at oh. that. They're good at that. Even that, even a team yeah. that's been sort of, you know, people think they've forgotten how to do this stuff. They're still some of the best ever. It's amazing. Stuff like yeah, that. and I mean, if I had one other gaming experience for the week, because we do like to share these things, I did log into Genshin Impact. Uh, oh yeah, I did pay. F- I paid for that daily freemium money, or not freemium, but pay paymium money or whatever. Premium. And- <laughs> and i I got enough to buy 10 wishes which is a good amount to buy if you want to guarantee some good loot rolls in a gotcha game and i got a five-star rare hero that i wanted venti he's a little boy in in uh, blue or green trousers and like white stockings and he's just (laughs) (laughs) he's just the most uh you know shakespearean barty looking anime dude and apparently he's top tier so now i've got a top tier hero in my lineup what does it do uh, for what does it actually mean is it is it just that they're rare cosmetic characters or do they actually do something 
No, they're, they're like, it's basically like Heroes of the Storm. Like you have, you run a team of four that mm-hmm. you can swap to in the middle of combat. Like imagine playing Legend of Zelda, except as Link, you could switch to three other characters in the middle of combat. That's kind of how it goes. So you have a team, they all have different moves. So it's like you swap them in when you've used all your cooldowns, you swap to a new guy. And I, I don't know how many characters there are. There might be 40 or 50, but you only have a lineup of four. So you're hunting. That's where the loot boxes come in. You're hunting for your top tier heroes potentially or just whatever you're looking for if you're collecting them they also have prestige unlock so if you unlock a copy you get an extra ability so one of the ways to level them up is just to get copies of the same rare heroes <laughs> and get your millions and millions of dollars it's a gotcha game like it's, it's i was totally gonna say busy. like that sounds exactly like a spider-man game i had for a while that i had to get rid of because i turned out i was a whale didn't know that I was a whale till I played it, yeah. and then I played it, and yeah. then I now you're was a whale. Like, oh, I spent two hundred dollars yep. on this. Yeah, I will say Genshin Impact is going to be the most well polished, beautiful, gorgeous, fulsome experience game you'll get for any game that's doing it. Like Warframe, like everything looks hand animated and beautiful. Like it's just, it is an absolutely gorgeous game. I don't know how fun it is yet. Like <laughs> definitely the exploration's okay, and the puzzles. It plays like a plays like a zelda type game like yeah. it's not bad yeah. but i can't compare it to zelda because i haven't played it um it's enjoyable but uh yeah I, I just think it's a gorgeous game i think i want to play it more than i actually want to play it because of how beautiful it looks like i'm in there and i'm like wow this place is is really nice but i don't know anyways but so i just logged in and got my free hero locked, locked out. that was the extent of me playing it i didn't actually play it i just played the, the buy shit game in there and yeah. then left so well you got uh, your little dude you got your little boy with his shorts on or whatever yeah i got venti yeah, <laughs> yeah. venti venti, is the, venti the boy bard okay with creep, the bow and arrow kind of creepy but uh, i don't know it's a gorgeous game but it's i, I don't know how seriously i'm gonna play that thing i don't I kind of think I might play it some more, but I don't know. <laughs> I'm with you. I love the look of that game. When I heard it was becoming a big thing, I went and I saw the graphics and I went, I have to get this game. And then I found out what I needed to do to get it. And I said, oh, I don't yeah. I don't care anymore. Yeah. But I was with you for a little bit because I loved the look of it so much. I thought it was yeah. very pretty. And they, they do like they do the free stuff really well. You get tons. Of, you want rewards. You get tons of free stuff like constantly. I don't even know how they... It's almost confusing how much free stuff and, and things you get in there. Uh, they do the reward loop pretty well. Mm. And uh, and the other thing, that they were in the news actually today because they made a billion dollars in the last six months. Jeez. Apparently that was also... Really? Yeah. In six months they made a billion. It's a hugely popular game. So if you're looking to benefit from whales, they've already given them a billion so you can just have a free-to-play game that's gorgeous and plays super well. It's a controller game too, so you can play it on your couch. It's not... Uh, yeah. It must be on consoles too. I'm surprised it is. it's not on Xbox Live or something. So it is. It's on consoles, and I want to say uh, it may only be PlayStation though. PlayStation Four. I can't remember now, but the phone version and the PS4 version are the only two with like setup stores. If you want the PC version, you got to do its you know their installer and everything. And I think that if they can blow that out a little, put put it on GOG, put it on Steam, put it on Epic, put it wherever you'd have a way less of a... Because my big thing is I don't want to go download their weird, untranslated freaking launcher. Oh, no, it's not and, bad. I did it. It was okay. I, I went to get it and everything looked fishy. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to I mean, this. yeah, like, I guess I know what you mean. It doesn't... It might be better It now. looks like I'm... I don't know. I, I mean, I definitely get what you mean. The quality of the launcher was not 
stellar. And yeah, some stuff's a little janky, but once you get in the game, you're like, oh, this is gorgeous. It's a gorgeous experience. Yeah. Yeah. I think we all had the same experience. The difference is Scott and I saw the alley and we went, oh, we're not going to go down that alley. Yeah. And Bo yeah. was like, no, there's pretty anime people down here going down this alley. It's a, it's a, it's self it's self abuse. Well, not self abuse. That's too harsh. What is it? Self sabotage. I'm like, I know I hate these games, but they're so gorgeous. Uh, trailer Park Boys. I have to play this game called Greasy Money that's clearly designed to take my money away and not be a good game. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like this is another one of those trips down those corridors. I'm like, this game is beautiful, but I have only spent six ninety nine on it, so I don't feel that bad. Oh, that's not too bad. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's all right. If you like, if you're having fun, I mean, heck yeah, yeah. Um, well, all right then. Those are the games we played. And now I have a special announcement. Do I have a clip for that? Hold on. Here you go. Oh, geez. That's not good. Uh, (laughs) Here we go. Oh, I like this. Special announcement. 1970 style, I guess. Um, hey, I started a new Frog Pants newsletter. And uh, it's available now and costs you nothing and is so easy it's ridiculous uh signing up for it or leaving it if you want to is super easy but basically you just go to frogpants.club yeah that's right i bought a dot club domain just for this so go check it out frogpants.club club and uh join up you'll sign up for it you'll get these in your email when they come out you can also just see them on the page that they're based and uh anytime there's something new that's cool now you might say to yourself well, what's the point the point is uh, I put all sorts of stuff up on there, including some game stuff, uh, possibly some guest articles from people in and around the industry, special interviews, that sort of thing. Uh, again, it'll cost you nothing. Um, uh, sometimes it's just updates about what's happening around the rest of the network. So if it's stuff you've missed, you're like, oh, I didn't know they were doing that on FilmSack. I should check that out or whatever. You'll see some of that. I'm about to launch a Kickstarter for uh, Rock Runners. My card game finally is coming out soon. April 5th is oh, the plan. Nice. So there's a whole big post about that in there. Uh, art that I draw and doodle and, and stuff. I drew an axe during D and D last weekend and uh, put it up on there and it's both sketch or all three sketch ink and color phases. So it was a cool way to see that stuff. Um, basically they're back. Newsletters are back. It's like a zine again, uh, like Bo's old skater zine, but without any skating. In it. Uh, so anyway, I want you to go check it out and enjoy it. And, uh, I hope you guys like it. It's over at frogpants.club. If you haven't already signed up, please do whole bunch of people have and we're always open for more and you can read the archives too so if you missed it or you signed up late it doesn't matter you the stuff that came before you can still see it um and anything that's new we sent straight to you i think that's it a reminder that we are supported by your good graces over there at uh, patreon.com slash core show huge thanks to everybody who supports the show it means a lot to us keeps the lights on and keeps us here so uh, if you haven't yet, go over and read what you can get for supporting us and also do it. It's at patreon.com slash core show. Everything else you might be looking for is at frogpants.com slash core. And talk to the core at gmail.com is our email address. Please keep those coming. We love that stuff. I think it's going to do it. Uh, before we leave, John, words of wisdom before we leave. Anything from John? I have a follow-up. So last week week we talked about pptps and how i didn't think they were very good yeah. uh, i want to give a shout out to somebody uh cory on twitter reached out to me and said here's a parenting tip what you do is when you go to change the baby 
you uh, unstrap the diaper, you open it, you blow into the diaper area, and then recover the diaper. It triggers them to pee, and then you don't have to worry about the PPTP. You give them a minute, you open it up, they've peed, you're safe. This totally works! I tried it, and it 100% works, and wow. it was amazing. Wow. And the only person who didn't like it was the baby who felt like I had uh, ruined his fun. So there you go. That's the solution. Nice. Uh, you blow really into good. the diaper? Yeah. Yeah, it works. You lift it up, you go, and it then works. you put the diaper back, and... Uh, it, I'd heard this yeah. as well, and I'm now I'm having a memory of maybe even doing it with my kids. John's right. It totally does work. I can't believe we didn't does bring it that up. work on adults? Is it work on adults? Because <laughs> I'm thinking you get a really long straw and sneak behind somebody and just sort of stick the straw in the shorts and go, and then they peeing themselves. Yeah, I uh, just I that when you asked that bow, I just pictured you in the bathroom looking down, going. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was thinking of doing it to someone else, but yeah, well, maybe I, if I had to go pee, maybe I could do it that too. That's not a bad idea. Well, that bit of uh, dad advice is hard to compete with. Bo, uh, any final words of wisdom from you before we go? Yeah, I, listen to John's great advice. It's pretty good. I can't top that. Yeah, it's not bad. Blow into your <laughs> diaper. That's all I can think about right yeah. now. Yeah, so everyone blow in your diaper. Best of luck to you all. We'll be back next time with more right here on Core. We'll see you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Yes. Get more at frogpants.com. Mm-hmm. <laughs>